I had one lady come up and talk about that she had listened to my teaching a lot, nearly memorized it, but when she got here, it's like she can just feel the life. Isn't that awesome? It's one thing to hear the Word, but it's another thing to see it in action in people. And I just want to thank God for every person that He's brought to make all this happen. Did you know that every day, I don't know if it's morning and night, but at night they clean every chair in this place. They get all of the lint off. They vacuum all of the carpet. They park all of the cars. We got an army of people. All of our security people are taking care of things. And nobody does it because they have to do it. They, they recognize that this is a way of glorifying the Lord and serving you. And it, ma it makes a difference. Sometimes you don't even notice. But it makes a difference when everything is in order and Everything's good, and you might not even notice it, but it, it makes a difference in the way that you receive from the Lord. We've got a thing over here on the wall someplace, partners and friends, and we talk about how that they are the ones that paid for this. We didn't go into debt. They paid for all of this. And our philosophy is that, man, this is something God has given us to steward, and we've got to be good stewards of it. And, and you may not have noticed, but I guarantee you it would be hard to find a speck of anything on these floors or stuff our staff keeps this. We are a steward of what God gave us, and we take care of it. And so, again, thanks to everybody who's made this such a good deal. I believe that people's lives are changed forever. This morning, we are blessed to have Greg Moore with us. He is now uh, he's helping Paul Milligan run our third-year track of the business school. Paul Milligan lives in Texas. And so he comes here quite often and ministers, but Greg's the guy on the ground who directs that. He also directs our World Outreach, CBC World Outreach, which is what we call all of our Bible schools that are outside of this main one right here. And we have, I think it's 17 Bible schools right now with another 11 coming on this year. And uh, we've got them scattered all over the world, and uh, it takes a lot to keep in touch with all of these people. And... Uh, deal with things and so he is just busier than a one-armed paper hanger i don't know how he does it and i heard that we've just finally hired somebody to help him they'll be coming on which can can i announce this or do you want to announce it but anyway m many of you wouldn't know but mark and Denise bassett who were a member uh, or they were part of this school they are the very first people who ever left and planted a bible school in chicago and they ran that for four years and then turned it over to some of the people that they raised up. Mark and Denise are coming back and moving here, and they're going to take over and help him and come up with a Bible school in a box so that we can just make it easier on all of these people to start Bible schools. So anyway, Greg is just doing an awesome job, and he and his wife have been pastors for, what, 120 years or how, how long was it? It's been a long time, and, I, and in the same church, which that's a miracle. And I really respect them. I've known them for decades, and they are just an awesome, awesome blessing. So this is Greg Moore, and he's going to minister this morning. Well, this has been a great week. Amen? Tell you what, um, this is uh, just from an instructor's standpoint, this is just a great environment. Uh, I mean, when I go to a steak place, you know, I like filet. 
I don't like a lot of, you know, if I eat fish, I want filet. I don't want a lot of bones. And, you know, and, man, the instructors here are just giving us, man, the best. Filet all the time. I mean, man, I just, I, I like to skip class and whatever, whatever I'm doing, just sit down and sit and listen to Barry, man. I mean, just got so much wisdom and, you know, shares the Word of God with such a life and insight. And the thing that we have with our instructors is, is not only <clears throat> revelation and, and impartation, but these guys have experience. And so, uh, you know, most of us are, you know, related to the ancient of days. And so, uh, <laughs> we're a little older, but, <laughs> but praise God. Uh, but we, and we just have fun. It's just a great place to come. And here's the thing, guys, when you invest and you move from wherever you're from and you come here and then you, and you pay money for this, you are placing value on the word that you're receiving. And I'm telling you, you will, I mean, the, the students are like sponges, and you receive in a greater uh, capacity and dimension that you, that you would if you just, you know, kind of uh, sporadically heard the word. So I, I encourage you, this is, this is an awesome place to be. Um, and I'm, man, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear, uh, be here, and, and uh, I'm glad to be, here, be anywhere. Praise God. <laughs> I mean, I'm, <laughs> how many of you rather be, be here than the best hospital in town? The best jail in town. Praise God. Um, well, I'm going to teach you, to, I want to talk to you about something that's I, I, it's really significant in, in my life uh, today, but I want to tell you f- uh, funny here in just a moment. Is that all right? <clears throat> this is called My Favorite Animal. Our teacher asked what my favorite animal was, and I said, fried chicken. She said I wasn't funny, but she couldn't have been right because everyone else laughed. My parents told me to always tell the truth. I did. Fried chicken is my favorite animal. I told my dad what happened, and he said my teacher was probably a member of PETA. He said they love animals very much. I do too, especially chicken, (laughs) pork and beef. (laughs) Anyway, my teacher sent me to the principal's office. I told him what happened, and he laughed too. (laughs) Then he told me not to do it again. The next day in class, my teacher asked me what my favorite live animal was. I told her it was chicken. (laughs) She asked me why, so I told her it was because so you could make them into fried chicken. She sent me back to the principal's office. And he laughed, and he told me not to do it again. I don't understand. My parents taught me to be honest, but my teacher doesn't like it when I am. Today, my teacher asked us to tell her what famous person we admire the most. I told her, Colonel Sanders. (laughs) Guess where I am now. Oh, praise God. Well, listen, we, we like to have fun here at CBC. And uh, I, I, I tell you, Jesus had more joy than all of his fellows. And, and you know, we, need, we not need to take ourselves so serious. We can take God serious, but we need to enjoy life. Amen? I want to talk to you today about, about uh, hearing God with confidence. 
hearing God with confidence. Psalm 85, 8. You can turn there, Psalm 85, 8. And we're going to read in the New King James. It says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. I want you to keep that up there a little bit. For he will speak what? Peace to his people and to his saints, but let that not, not turn back again to folly. Everybody say that with me. I will hear, I will hear what, God the Lord will speak. what God the Lord will speak. Now here's what the Lord impressed me was that there, there are lots of, not, not only those who are here at campus days for the first time, uh, and, and you're, you're trying to make decisions about, about whether to come here. But those of you who are students, those of you who are watching uh, by live streaming on the Internet, there are life decisions right now that you're in the process of making you need to hear God's voice about. And you need to hear his wisdom on. And whether we hear and follow or not will affect the course and quality of our life and will affect eternity for others, whether we hear. When I, I was so impacted just listening to Gary's testimony, Here, this, here's the director of, of Karis Bible College, and he's, he's got this wonderful career, making lots of money, nice home, nice cars. You know, he's, he's got five children. He's responsible to take care of, care of and so, I mean, he's set. And he's on the pathway upward, onward and upward. And God, he comes here, God speaks to him about another path, a higher path that God has for his life. And then they leave everything with no guarantee. There was no guarantee he was going to be the director of Karis Bible College. In fact, in the natural, uh, he would have been one of the most unlikely because of the level of ministry experience and, and so on. But I'm telling you, this man is awesome. He's un- unpretentious. He's a great leader. He loves his students. He loves the staff. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been around a lot of people. I'm not patronizing his flesh. I'm just telling you, uh, this, this, this man is a, is a kingdom leader. And, but, but see, had he not been open to hear what God was speaking to him about. That he had a higher path. He had, a high, he had another way. You know, I mean, you, you think about that. You've got to take care of your children. Your chil- you have five children. I have four. You know, and putting them through college. My biggest raise was my, when my youngest son graduated college. Hallelujah. <laughs> and left the house. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> We're rejoicing. My wife and I are best friends, so we, we, didn't, we didn't have any, uh, uh, what do you call that one, empty nester syndrome. Man, praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> Get out of town, would you? I, told, I told, my, told my children, I said, listen, I love Jesus more than your mom. I love your mom more than you. They, oh, Dad, you can't. yeah, man, one day you're going to leave. But she's not. So just get, get gone, amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> I talk a lot about my second son, uh, who is Andrew's daily television producer, and he's, he's in the, uh, the story of my book, how God healed him when he was 15 months old. He was never supposed to walk again. Uh, he was, he, he wasn't, they sentenced him to not living past 10 years old. But here's my son, Michael, in the front row. Why don't you stand up, Michael? Amen. Praise God. Awesome. 
And so God wants us to be confident about hearing his voice. Yeah? Look at your neighbor and say, you can be confident in hearing God. Now, how many of you know the Bible says, Hebrews eleven six, but without faith it is impossible to please him. Without faith it's impossible to please him. Do you know what the word of God also says in Romans, in Romans 10, 17? So then faith comes by what? Hearing. Faith comes by what? Hearing. And it's impossible to please God without what? Hearing. So then it's impossible to please God without hearing. Are you with me? So, this is not optional. How many of you want to walk in in a a way that you're pleasing God? And I don't mean in works, but, you know, I want my life to please Him. Well, if I'm going to please Him, I've got to hear Him. And if if I've got to hear Him, then there's got to be a way for me to hear Him accurately. And I'm telling you what, guys, the body of Christ, I mean, I pastored for 24 years in one place. And I've seen all types of Christians... All the granola, fruit, nuts, and flakes. And I mean, people come in, you know, and they get excited about God. They'll even get excited about, they'll listen to one CD of Andrew and think that they've got it all. I mean, how many of you know there's more on the menu? And so they'll come in and, you know, and then they're telling me, you know, uh, you know, man, God, Pastor, you're the best pastor since sliced bread. Man, I'm, I'm behind you all the way. We get going down the way a little while. I look and they're not there. Where did you go? You know, it's like, well, God led me somewhere else. And I mean, people are so fickle in what they say God told them. And I'm telling you guys, we need to stop this nonsense of being fickle about, about God changing his mind and blaming God when, when it was just us changing our mind. We can hear God, and we can hear him clearly, and not only that, we must. And we must place confidence in the fact that we can hear his voice. Did you know that healing is connected to our hearing? It's in this uh, one of the chapters of my book, uh, you know, hear and be healed. Matthew 13, 15, Luke 5, 15, Luke 6, 17, talks about they came and they heard and were healed. But we, we need to, we, we need to uh, place confidence in the fact we can hear God. If you need healing, I was just uh, uh, at, at the hotel, at a hotel this morning, uh, coming here, and there was a couple from Iowa that had been here and was having to head home and, and uh, he had cancer. He was prayed for yesterday. Uh, and so I have a lot of compassion on people that had cancer. I had cancer. And uh, I tell you, God has healing for you, for everyone. But did you know he doesn't always heal the same way? He doesn't always use the same method. To one, he said, stretch out your arm. To another, he said, go wash in the pool. To another, he said, go show yourself to the priest. I mean, you know, uh, take up your bed and walk. He, it was, it's different things, and it's based on our hearing. Jesus engages us in our relationship with him, and as we respond in faith, not works, obedience that comes from faith, we appropriate the grace of healing that's been provided. It's very simple. That's what I was sharing with this couple today. I said, you guys just need to chill out. Stop trying to figure out what to do. You just rest in God's love. He's already provided it. If there's anything you need to do, he'll show you. 
And you just spend time in his presence. Amen? John chapter 10, verse 4. John 10, verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they what? They know his voice. How many of you are his sheep? Say, I'm his sheep. Everybody say, bah. Say, I'm his sheep. I know his voice. Say, I'm his sheep. I'm not a goat. You know what goats do, don't you? But. I love my pastor, but. I love my wife, but. I love my husband, but. Whatever's on the other end of your butt is what you really believe. I got news for you right now. <laughs> Amen? Yeah, I, I, I believe the word of God by his stripes I'm healed, but. No, listen, guys. If, if you're facing sickness, you don't need to, to deny it exists. You just need to deny it final authority in your life. I, I know I'm feeling this way, but this word is greater than anything that I'm experiencing. Amen? And so we're good sheep. Everybody say, bah. I'm not a goat. <laughs> Verse 27. My sheep what? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them and they follow me. So... Each born-again child of God, as Andrew shared yesterday, uh, God's talking to us all the time, and each one of us has the ability to hear his voice. But 1 Corinthians 14.10 says that there are many voices in the world, many voices. The reason why we're not hearing accurately is because we're exposing ourselves to all these voices. I tell you, if you need to hear God, you need to expose yourself to his word, his presence, uh, come to Bible school. I tell you, you won't have any trouble hearing God anymore. Amen? You expose yourself to that. How many of you want to follow a, a, a pastor or a leader that doesn't know how to hear God? I don't see any hands. How many of you want to be a, a leader in the kingdom that people would want, would, would want to follow? How many of you want to be that kind of leader? Listen. Guys, the key is you hear God, and you're not fickle. You don't go back and forth. You don't say one day God said this, the next day God said something else. If you wrote a book before Y2K and said that all this is going to happen and it didn't happen, you get back up and say, I was wrong. I miss God. Of course, you could have talked to Andrew or me ahead of time. <laughs> we could have told you you were wrong. I had to... <laughs> I lead a group. I led a group of pastors in the area where I'm from in Texas, and and this one, you know, we had this group, pastors group, and and this guy came into right before a Y2K, and he was telling us, you know, he had the answer, what was going to happen. I mean, it was going to be bad, and you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to be all that bad, but anyway, but this guy, here's what here was his answer. I was telling Barry the other night, here's his answer. This guy, and he actually gone out and bought caves, caves. I said, I didn't even know there were caves in our area. There were caves, man. And, and, he, and he stocked it full of food, which, you know, I'm kind of okay with it up till now. You know, I mean, I probably wouldn't do that, but I'm just listening. Maybe, okay, he's bought these caves. He's stocking it with food. And then he's got, he's, he's got it full uh, with, with rifles and guns. I'm thinking, what? What are you going to do? Are you going to kill all the hungry people? 
And I just, man, I, I, got, I was up to here, and, and uh, I said, let me tell you something. I, I know now why 2K isn't going to happen. Because the way you're trying to lead, that's not the kingdom of God. He doesn't lead by fear. He's going to be taking care of his own. I don't care if the stock market crashes. I don't care if everything else goes on the blink. If there are no more banks, God will be taking care of his own. 1 Timothy 5.8 says he takes, he said, if you don't take care of your own, you're worse than an infidel. And God said, I live by that verse too. You are my own and I take care of you. Amen? And so we can hear God's voice. And there's all kinds of voices out there. But uh, we need to be hearing, we need to be listening to him. And if, man, if, if Adam and Noah and Abraham and Moses and Joshua and Gideon and Samuel and David and Isaiah and Ezekiel, man, if they could hear God, man, they weren't even born again. You and I can hear God. Say, I can hear God. So I want to just share with you, uh, you know, I love to, man, I, I really love to exhort people and, and get them charged up to action. But I really felt like God was telling me today to equip my people to hear my voice accurately. To just share with you what God has taught me about, uh, about hearing his voice with confidence and accuracy out out of really my passion of what I've seen the enemy do to the body of Christ in the name of the Holy Ghost said. And it wasn't the Holy Ghost at all. And so they come and tell you, God told them to do something. I'm thinking on the inside of me. I know God. That's not God. But what are you going to say? You know, okay, well, we'll just, like Paul Milligan said, we'll just, you know, let the rough end drag. In other words, you know, you're just going to have to suffer the consequences. Because you come and tell me God told you to do something, and it's not absolutely violating the word, but it just doesn't, boy, it just doesn't, it's not peaceful. It's like, okay, you tie my hands. I can't tell you, you know, but if you come and ask me, and I can count on this many hands, fingers on these two hands, how many times people have come and said, you know, what do you think about this? No, it's rather God said. And, man, and it wasn't God at all, a lot of times. So here's how God has taught me. How many of you would like to know? How God has taught me to accurately hear his voice with confidence where I have no question about the will of God. Let me tell you something, guys. If you, if you don't, how many of you want to walk in the will of God? How many of you don't want to miss God? Okay, you can't miss him if you don't want to. You cannot miss the will of God if you don't want to. How many of you don't want to miss the will of God? Okay, take a chill pill. You cannot miss him, and you cannot miss his will if you don't want to. Any of you ever have driven in a car with a GPS system? I was in the UK one time. Boy, you need all the help you can get there, and all the roundabouts and the, everything else. I follow Paul Milligan in London on these roundabouts. In a, in a you know, they drive on the wrong side of the road, you, see, you drive on the, on, the, on the wrong side of the car, and then, and then you know, you're try, I'm trying to shift, you know, with my left hand. I'm, you know, I'm, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm trying to, and Paul's just, you know, moving. I, I'm, Jesus, help us. In London, downtown London. Oh, man. 
And so, you know, anyway, I was with this guy in the UK, and we've got this GPS system. And this nice little British lady come on, come on and said, in so many kilometers? Huh? Is it miles? Well, whatever. Are you sure? Okay. Well, I was just trying to be... <laughs> you would know, wouldn't you? Okay. All right, anyway. <laughs> so I lied. Forgive me, I... I spoke of I spoke of mistruth. I have I have our our friends here from the UK. Anyway, so many miles, you know, I mean, quarter of a mile, make make a right, you know, uh, so many yards. Do they do yards there too? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you went from miles to meters or you know whatever. <laughs> do they do meters now? Oh man, y'all are really confused, aren't you? So you, so you really need help there. And uh, so this little lady, she said, you know, whatever it was, how many? Now, you messed up my story, Ashley. You need to pray and hear God about when you interrupt me. But you still are my friend, Ashley. You are, you, you are, you are my friend. <laughs> um, and anyway, this GPS system, back to the G. And she says, you know, whatever, turn. <clears throat> well, this guy I was with, he knew a shortcut. So he didn't turn. And she came on with a little sterner voice. <laughs> Make a U-turn, come back. Um, and he didn't, he didn't do that. Um, and he kept going because he knew, he knew another way. <clears throat> and, and so after a while, she got silent. <laughs> and she said, recalibrating. And then I don't know how many miles or, or meters, <laughs> she said, but she recalibrated according to the guy's shortcut he already knew. Let me tell you something, guys. The will of God is not so static. If you pass a turn, if you miss something, okay, if, if a GPS system in a confused place like the U.K., can recalibrate you if you make the wrong turn and get you back on track. The Holy Ghost can get you back on track. You need to chill out about worrying about missing God. You, you, need, you need to just make your decision, decide with finality, depend on the Lord, and then He can redirect you. He can recalibrate if you're listening. Amen? A lot of husbands and wives get in strife because, you know, we're just not perfect like Jesus. And so a wife will come and, well, you know, she'll put on the brakes and stop following her husband because he might not make the right decision. Let me tell you something. Your rebellion is, is, is worse than his wrong decision. 
take the brakes off. And all the, all the men who are not wimps say amen. amen. Praise God. All right. <clears throat> Stop backseat driving. Now I've gone to metal, and you know I'm a pastor, don't you? You know, stop the backseat driving, share with him, but then let him drive. Take your hands off the wheel. Trust God. Get it. Look, God wants you guys together, and he can recalibrate and get you along. Amen? But then, guys, look, if, your wife, if, you, if you're going to take your wife out to dinner and, and you ask her where she wants to go, and she said, I don't know, then be a man and make a decision. And all the wives said, praise God. I mean, how difficult is that? Just tell me, just tell me if you don't want Chinese or you don't want Mexican food or whatever tonight, just tell me what you don't want, where you don't want to go. When I go there, don't say, well, you know what? I just didn't really want to go. Come here. Don't do that. All right. So how, how God taught me to develop accurate and confident hearing. And I'm not, I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you, I know how to hear God it's because he taught me and it came out of, I, I, really out of what all the, all the things I observed that was just nonsense in the name of hearing God. So number one is just real simple, spend time with God. What a novel thought. I mean, make intimacy and time in his presence a habit. The more time you spend with somebody, the more recognizable their voice becomes to you. My wife and I have been married 40 years. <laughs> Amen. <coughs> she, was, she was 12, I was 13. <laughs> Not really, but we were babies. And we'd grown up together. But look, look when she calls me, she didn't, say, she didn't call and say, you know, uh, you know hi, hi, Greg, this is Janice. Right? Does your wife call you like that? You know, does your, your, your husband call, hey, babe, how are you doing? You don't, why? She knows my voice. I know her voice. Yeah? And so you spend time with God. The more time you spend with him, the more distinct his voice will become to you. You spend time with him in his word, in his presence, and it positions you to hear God, God's voice accurately. Hebrews 4, verse 12 uh, says, the Word of God, uh, Andrew shared this, the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of what? Soul and spirit. Why is that important? Where's the will of God? It's in your spirit. You've got to divide. You've got to spend time in this Word. It's, it's, no, it's not works. It's just I'm presenting myself to God in His Word to allow His Word to divide between the desires that are in my spirit and, what, and whatever I've allowed in my soul. Are you with me? That's where the problem is in the soul. And so if I spend enough time in his word, I mean, I'm just making myself present to him. God's present to us all the time. I'm making myself present to him. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've, I've just been reading the Bible and I had been praying about a certain thing to do, a decision I had to make, and, and more often than not, you know, I have had him speak to me very clearly uh, a, a distinct direction from his word that he just made alive to me. But more often than not, here's what happens. And it's, at first it was kind of weird to me, but I'm just reading the Bible, Barry, just reading. And I'm just, I, I'm, and I'm 
I've chilled out to the point where I'm not, I'm not just trying to find something to do what, what I want. I'm just, okay, I'm just reading your word, exposing myself to the word, and all of a sudden, I know. All of a sudden, I know the answer I've been praying about. And, and I looked down there. Ashley had nothing to do with what I was reading. What was happening? The word of God was dividing between what was in my spirit, what was in my soul. I can't tell you guys how important that is. And, and, and you know, we're wanting someone else, we're wanting someone else to teach us and tell us. And, but there are some things, guys, that God has reserved just for you in your time with him. And so, first thing, I just spend time with him. Spend time with his word. Spend time in his presence in prayer. And I just, I just still my soul and I start listening. The second thing that, that helps me, that I've trained myself to do, is to circumcise my heart from selfish motives and preconceived ideas. You know, you, if you're praying about, you know, a job, you're praying about, uh, you know, <laughs> a husband or a wife, you're praying about, uh, can, can I meddle a little bit here? Uh, I'm going to anyway. Uh, <laughs> If you're single, uh, you, you, need, you need to be spending more time with the Lord than you are on, on dating websites. I'm not saying God could never use that. I'm not saying that. But, and then also, let me encourage you, okay? No, no condemnation, no guilt, nothing here. But if you want to hear God accurately about your life mate, and let me tell you something, that's an important decision. The reason why premarital involvement is, is so damaging is because it creates a bond that impairs your objectivity. And it, in other words, it keeps you, it blinds you from hearing, from seeing and hearing what God really has. God's not trying to rob you from pleasure, but let me tell you something. If you give in to that, you're, what's going to happen is it's gonna, there's, there's a measure of blindness that's going to come over you because there's a bond that's, that's, con, that's created and it just impairs your objectivity. And so I just want to encourage, I'm just helping, I want to help you, okay? How many of you want, if you're single, you want the right mate? Don't get condemned if that's happened, just repent. And just say, I'm turning from that and I'm, I, even if that relationship is of God, uh, take, a, take a time of separation, I don't, you don't, I don't want to hear that. And then you don't want to hear God. I said, take a time of separation. Even if, even if you haven't been involved like that, you're wanting to know. I mean, my wife and I, we, we separated for a month just to do a test. And everybody else I was with, man, I kept thinking about her. I said, praise God, I got the right one. Yeah? So I'm just, just encouraging you there. So circumcise your heart from selfish motives and preconceived ideas. God promises to give us the desires of our heart, but not the desires of our flesh. Are you with me? When you're seeking God for direction and you're attempting to hear from him, it's necessary to set all personal preferences aside. That's what Jesus meant in Matthew 6, 6, when he said, when you pray, enter your closet and shut your door. Shut your door. Shut your door. Shut your door on what? All, all of the things I've been rooting for in advance. All the things that my ideas, my plans, 
my fleshly desires, if I'm going to get down to really what the desire that is in my spirit, I've got to set aside and circumcise my heart from what my flesh wants to do. And some of the ways I do that, I just tell, I'm honest with God. You know what? My, my flesh wants to do this. I want to buy this. I want to do that. But I'm, I'm shutting the door on it right now because I want to hear you. Are you with me? So you've got, you got to take time to do that. You know why a lot of people don't hear God? They never do take this step. You know why they're confused? They're saying, well, I did, I did listen to Andrew's message on following the desires of the heart. Yeah, but you didn't hear mine first. <laughs> no, you didn't take the time to circumcise your heart and tell your flesh, no. Everybody say no. You've got to stop giving your flesh and your emotions authority in your decisions. Yeah? You're, how many of you know your flesh has a voice? Your emotion has a voice? If you want to hear God, you, just gotta, you do not have authority in emotions. You, I, you know, they'll scream and everything else. But you don't have authority in my decisions. And you, shut your, you get in prayer, you shut your door on that, then you're in a position to hear God. Then, number three, just have a heart ready to obey God. I'm just telling you what I do. I, just, I have a yes in my heart to God. You know, this, this, this stuff of people coming, I've actually had people come to me and try to impress me that God told them to do a certain thing, and they prayed three weeks arguing with God over that. I said, my God, you just wasted three weeks. I said, if God told you to do it, the answer is yes. How many of you know no Lord is an oxymoron? If God said do it, what's your answer? All i got to know is it's God. If it's God, how many of you know if he called you to come to Bible school, he, how many of you know poor, poor Jesus, he doesn't know how much money you got in the bank or don't have? He doesn't know how much you know, education you have or don't have? He doesn't know what your situation is, does he? Does he know? Okay, look, he doesn't need you to explain to him why all the reasons you can't do it. All he's looking for is a yes. Everybody say yes. yes. Lord. Yes, Yes. Lord. Lord. No, No. Lord (laughs) is not good. (laughs) Yeah? I mean, it's not true. No, Lord is not even true. All i got to do is find out, God, did you tell me? Are you saying it? And then I say, yes, I'm ready. I'm I'm responding. How many of you uh, wives would like to know the number one thing that that your husband wants and desires? Thank you for three of you. I'm done. Y'all are chickens. I'm going to tell you anyway. Let me tell you what your husband wants. He wants a responsive bride. I said he wants a responsive bride. And you know what? That's what Jesus is looking for. Just, yes, Lord. Everybody say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So, you just have a heart ready to obey God. Hebrews 3, verse 7 says, today, if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. How many of you want to hear his voice today? Okay, stop all the hardness of heart. Stop all the arguing with God. You know, 
Look, God calls you on a mission trip. No, Lord, you don't know. I can't do this. No, God doesn't know all that about you, does he? Just stop it. Everybody say, stop it. Just, just no, Lord. I could really get off on that, but I'm not. All right. So, get just and, and then all the nevers. You know what? Well, I'll do this. I'll do anything but this. I... I st- when, when, I, when I heard the gospel, it took me seven years to respond to it because I thought God might call me to Africa. Not because I was prejudiced or I had any problems against Africans. I just, I wanted, a, I, my parents had been divorced and I wanted a wife and a family and I didn't figure a wife would follow me to Africa. And then later in my ministry, in my life, I oversaw a ministry in Africa. Isn't that awesome? But see, I, I said no, Lord, for a long time because I had a never. You just need to take all the nevers out of your vocabulary. If you want to hear God, say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And then this is huge, and I encourage you to write these down, okay? I'm not going to have time to, I could spend a long time here, but uh, I, I encourage you to write these. I, I think they'll have them on the, uh, on the, on the, uh, screen, but uh, is just know the character of God. See, here's, here's, here's the problem that I see in the body of Christ. And here, here's different things. Uh, keep that up, guys, if you would, and you guys could just copy that. I'll, I'll mention them briefly. But here's, here's what I see a lot of people do when it comes to hearing God, is they place a, prior, a greater priority on the way God spoke than on what he said. And it, and it hijacks people out of the will. It, it, it gets people in the ditch all the time. They're focused on, you know, well, I had this vision. I had this dream. I had this prophetic word. I had, I had this, spe- God spoke so spectacularly. Now, I'm not against, listen, I'm not knocking visions and dreams and, and some, you know, an angel or a dog coming with them you know, a bag with a message on it. I don't care how God spoke, how spectacular it was. You're not going to impress me or God either one about the way that you heard him. But I just make sure, I'm not obligated. I don't care if Andrew, Gary, Barry, Ashley, you know, uh, uh, Daniel, I don't care if 14 people that I respect prophesy over me and tell me a certain word. Okay, I'm not obligated to act on that. I set it on a shelf and I run it through the screen of what I know his character is. You got to get this, guys. His character is always true to his word. 2 Corinthians 4.13, always true to his word. And his character is peace. I know he's not the author of confusion. Y'all keep that up there if you would. Put that back up. He's, he's author, peace. And in liberty, everybody say liberty. When he leads me, he's not leading me into bondage. Okay, and I know this about God. He's patient. He's not impulsive. He's not hasty in decision making. Then when God speaks to me, it always leaves me with hope. And I could give you scriptures on each of these. I mean, I'm just, for, for sake of time, it always brings, there's a confidence that comes to me when I know God. When I know God's spoken in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. And then, and then there's a, a humility. It's always humble. 
It's always, always keeps you dependent upon God, amen, when you hear God. And in it, then, there's lo- then it's love instead of selfishness. My youngest son, when he was seven years old, was over at his friend's house. And his friend, David, had a, a, a younger friend with him. I mean, had, had a little brother. And his little brother was sitting at, at the kitchen table in a high chair. It was about a year and a half. And Jeremiah just felt he was supposed to go stand behind the high chair. And just as he started to walk over, and st- he's seven years old, born again, spirit-filled at seven. And he's, he walks over. As he starts to walk over, Ariel, the year-and-a-half uh, child, kicked at the table, and, it came, and, and he came back, and Jeremiah was there to catch him. And it was a hard tile floor, year-and-a-half-old child. I said, Jeremiah, how did you know to do that? He said, you know, Dad, I just felt like I was supposed to go over there, and I thought, you know what, it's, it, that wasn't a selfish thought. Is that awesome? Okay, give me a couple of minutes. How many of you give me a couple of minutes? How many give me one minute? One, two, three, four, five, six. All right, praise God. I mean, we started late, so I'm, I'm going to take a couple minutes here. See, see, here's the deal. Too many times we're not hearing God because we're putting more value on the way he spoke than, than what he said. And we don't take time to run it through the screen of his character. And a lot of times when God speaks supernaturally to you, it's because he's trying to prepare you for rough sailing ahead. My journey here to CBC, I pastored a church. At, the, at that time, it was 22 years, and I felt like God was dealing with me. I, I, I felt like I knew his voice, that there was a transition coming. I began to seek the Lord, and I heard almost audibly in my spirit that I'd been, I, he said, I felt like I, I, that there was an imposed limit on where I was, and, and I heard audibly, almost audibly, that, that if I would have allowed you, son, to be as successful as I desired, where you are, you would not be open to the new assignment I have for you. And so I knew there was a new assignment. Within one hour, a friend of mine that was in ministry we had in our church every year, the prophet called me up and said, Greg, get ready. God's got a new assignment for you. Then, I mean, I can't tell you the numbers of confirmations I've received along those lines. And then so we we believed it was God. I was was on the board of this African ministry. Um, Then they needed a CEO, long story short, I became the CEO of this ministry, and I thought that was a new assignment. And I just handed over a year ago, January, handed over the reins of my church, 24 years, to a son in the faith. And by the way, the church is doing great there. And and healthy, Paul Milligan and his wife still go attend church there. And Anyway, uh, seven weeks later, I'd been CEO now of this ministry for seven months. Things been prospering, everything's going great, never, never even had a cross word with the president who was going to transition this to me. He came in and fired me. And I heard God. And hearing God got me fired. 
No, I mean, it didn't get me fired. It just, but I, I stepped into that, and, and I, but I knew I heard God, and I had to hear clearly. And so, you know what? I, we could have been tempted to get all, off and get into, uh, you know, unforgiveness, and, you know, we dealt with that and, and went on. And, and then, long story short, you know, Andrew's a friend of ours, and we just communicated here. And, and, uh, and, and, and anyway, I'm, I can't go into all the details, but I'm here. And, you know, here's the deal. This is my assignment. I'm in my assignment. I said, I'm in my assignment. But I heard, I heard God, and it was, it, was, it was one of those spectacular, supernatural things. But a lot of times that's preparing you to go uh, deal with a, you know, a difficult situation. And so this is the stage when I go here, and I'm going through to determine, if have I heard God, I, I get counsel. Okay, one, one, more, one more point, and then I'm done. All right? Is this okay? Number, number, number five, I just learned to trust and follow the desires of my heart. But see, you can't start there. You can't start there. I said you cannot start there. That's the problem. People want to go there. They never deal with their flesh. They, 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 they're not spending time with God exposing you know, to his, to his will. They're, they're not, they haven't dealt with, my, I've got a heart ready, whatever God, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to have any nevers. I'm not going to have any no lords. Amen? And then you run it through the screen of God's character. Now, when you do that, you're ready. Man, whatever you want to do, that's what you do. Psalm 37.4, uh, delight yourself in the Lord. Now, that word delight I mean, that delight yourself in the Lord is really the process of all those things I already told you, those first four steps. That's what's involved in delighting yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll plant the desires that he puts in your heart. Now, one example, and I'm done. Years ago, we were praying about a million-dollar real estate situation with our church. I needed to hear God. Yeah? Would you not agree? So I'm praying, seeking God. I'm hearing all these testimonies. Andrew's heard God. Barry's heard God. Everybody's heard God. I'm hearing zilch. Nada. Nothing. (laughs) I'm getting nervous. I'm getting ticked. I'm getting, you know, God, I'm praying. I'm seeking you. I'm spending time in your word. I've... I've circumcised my heart from, you know, my own selfish desires. I don't care. I want, I want the will of God. I need to know. This is a major decision. I've got to hear you. And I'm hearing nothing except everybody else's testimonies about how they've heard God. <laughs> Someone's here like that today. And you've prayed and you've sought the Lord. You've actually gone through most of this process that I, all, I, all I've done is confirm for you you've gone through that process where you're delighting yourself in the Lord and I heard nothing. And, and then I finally, I just, God, you've got to help me. I'm do, I'm, I've got, this is a, over a million dollar decision. I can't lead the church in the wrong way. I've got, to, I've got to hear you. And finally, I got quiet and then God spoke. And he said, son, have you been positioning yourself in my word, spend time in my word and, and praying and seeking me with all your heart about this? I said, well, you know I have. He said, have you set aside your own fleshly desires about it? I said, well, you know I have. 
Have you sought counsel about this? I said, well, you know I have. He said, have you heard anything from me about it? I said, you know I haven't. He said, when you, go through, when you go through all of that and you haven't heard anything, it's because you already have my mind on the matter. He said, I want to free you, son. You've got my mind. You, does the Bible say you have the mind of Christ? We're waiting for bells and whistles and lightning and everything else. And he said, look, you've gone through that process. You're hearing nothing. He said, I don't need to speak anything to you, son. You've got my mind on the matter. You go with what you believe is best liberated this boy, I'm telling you what. I got so free, I said, you mean I can do what I want? Yeah, if I go through that process to make sure I'm delighting in the Lord, and, I, and, and, you, and you don't hear anything specific, yeah. Why? He, he doesn't need to speak to me. I've got his mind. And so, you know what, I acted on that. And you know what, I stepped out and acted like God talked to me. See, we're wanting, we're wanting the Lord, we're wanting the Lord to do this. Get up, Gary. We're wanting the Lord to do this. You know, we want His will. And so, would you tell me, turn right, darling. Turn right, little baby. Turn right, and then turn left, and then turn right. And I don't know. I got to hold your hand through life because you're just such a little baby. You know. And wow, well, man, no, that's not the way He does it. Amen. Take, take your thumb out of your mouth. Throw your bottle away. Throw, take your toddler pants off. Put your big boy pants on and follow God. If, you're, if you've sought the Lord, you've delighted in Him. You've got, your, you've got yourself in neutral. Well, it doesn't matter. You've got a heart that says, yes, Lord, whatever you say. You've made sure that anything you're hearing, you run it through the screen of his character. Forget about emphasizing how he spoke. What did he say? And what do we know about his character? And you don't hear anything? You've got his mind. I said you've already got his mind. You've already got his mind. He doesn't need to talk to you any further. You act on that because he trusts himself in you. Amen? I just want to free you today. You've been praying. You've been seeking God. I'm t- I know. <laughs> I know what I know that I know. That there are many here today who are just in that place. And, and you're, you're praying. You want to hear God. You want to know His voice. And I'm telling you, you have His mind. I said you have His mind. And that binds in his spirit. And you know how to get there now. You've been there now. And I set you free. (laughs) I set you free to walk as a mature son and daughter of God. You can hear God's voice. You're going to hear God's voice. You've already heard God's voice. And you're going to walk in it. And I believe that, that if that voice and if that desire has already led you here, then I'll be seeing you in September with more of this type teaching. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Give the Lord praise.